1: Shalom dear brothers and sisters, our study together today is found in the book of Daniel and we are in the second chapter and I would like to present before you today in this ministry meeting the first 16 verses of Daniel chapter 2 and if you have your Bible with you please follow me beginning with Daniel chapter 2 and verse 1. In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams, wherewith his spirit was troubled and his sleep brake from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans, for to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king, and the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Then spake the Kaladins to the king in a Syriac, O king, live forever, tell thy servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation." The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The thing is gone from me. If ye will not make known unto me the dream, with the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces, and your houses shall be made a dunghill. And if ye show the dream and the interpretation thereof, ye shall receive of me gifts and rewards, and great honor. Therefore show me the dream, and the interpretation thereof. They answered again and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation of it. The king answered and said, I know of certainty, that ye would gain the time because Ye see, the thing is gone from me. But if ye will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you. For ye have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me till the time be changed. Therefore tell me the dream, and I shall know that ye can show me the interpretation thereof. The Kaladins answered before the king and said, There is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there is no king, lord, nor ruler that asked such things at any magician or astrologer or Kaladins. And it is a rare thing that the king requireth and there is none other that can show it before the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh for this cause the king was angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon and the decree went forth And the wise men should be slain. And they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Then Daniel answered, With counsel and wisdom, to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, The king's captain, Why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Arioch made the thing known to Daniel. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation. Beloved brothers and sisters, I am stopping here with verse 16 of Daniel chapter 2. The second chapter of the book of Daniel, of the prophetic message of Daniel, presents before us a Nebuchadnezzar's puzzling dream of the image. In fact, the whole second chapter of the book of Daniel really deals with this puzzling dream of the image which Nebuchadnezzar had dreamt. Nebuchadnezzar, according to verse 1, we learn here from this second chapter, notice in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams. You notice, beloved brothers and sisters, that here is Daniel in the land of Babel with Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, and the Jewish people that were taken captive by the Babylonians. And they are now there, after they have finalized the three years of testing, they are now ready to stand before the king. And here we find the beginning of the second chapter that the Lord have allowed Nebuchadnezzar to dream dreams. In fact, you notice that in the first verse, It says that in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams. You notice that it is in plurality. In the Hebrew, it is halomot, and halomot simply means a plurality of dreams. So Nebuchadnezzar did not only dream one single dream, but he actually dreamed many dreams. You notice that in verse 1, it does say that the time in which this is recorded was in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. Notice that three years have passed by, and yet we read that it was only the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. The three years that passed by according to chapter 1 and verse 5, where the Jewish boys were to be tested, as it says in chapter 1 and verse 5, And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Well, apparently three years have passed by, and now these Jewish boys, along with all the wise men, of the Babylonian empire have to stand before the king Nebuchadnezzar and to be there as eunuchs, as the part of the wise men of Babylon, uh, to give counsel to the king. Well, while it is written that it was in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, in actuality three years have passed by. So we learn from this, that as far as the Babylonians were concerned, even though Nebuchadnezzar was longer than two years, somewhat longer than two years a king, yet in actuality the first year of his reign, which was part of a year, would not consider to be a full year. While for the Jewish people, a part of a year considered to be a full year. And therefore the number three, the number three years of verse 5 of chapter 1 and the two years of verse 1 of chapter 2 are really not contradiction, but only show us the counting, the difference in counting between the Jewish people who count a part of a year as a full year, while the Gentile world, the Babylonian world, counted only a full year as considered to be a year. Well, In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, he dreamt many dreams. And in this second chapter, we will learn that God will use Daniel in the land of Babylon to give these interpretation of dreams in order to show the plan and a program of God for the human race especially during the times of the Gentiles if you remember we did read in a previous chapter that God had gifted Daniel with the ability to interpret dreams you remember what we read in chapter 1 and verse 17 that As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. And so God, in his wisdom, used these four Hebrew children to be a testimony in Babylon as a part of the faithful remnant of the children of Israel who were faithful to the God of Israel even though they were away from the promised land. But at the same time, God used Daniel to be a vessel, to be one that will have understanding in all visions and all dreams. And here is where the test is coming. And so it is important to understand that God here in this second chapter will reveal to Daniel through Nebuchadnezzar, the dream, and the dream will give us, a specific dream will give us God's program for the times of the Gentiles. And King Nebuchadnezzar will be the first monarch of the four empires, who will rule during the times of the Gentiles. To remind you, beloved brothers and sisters, of the words of our Lord Jesus Yeshua HaMashiach, who said in the Gospel of Luke, while he was here on earth before he died, he spoke to his disciples, and he said to his disciples in Luke chapter 21 and verse 24 these words, They shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations, speaking about the Jewish people. Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Well, the times of the Gentiles is a period of time which began at 605 B.C., and will end at the end of the tribulation period. In other words, the times of the Gentiles, which we will see in the second chapter of the book of Daniel, began with God handing over to the Gentile world, headed up by King Nebuchadnezzar, the government over this world. And Israel, for this period of time, called the times of the Gentiles, will be under discipline, awaiting the day when Israel will be restored to the Messiah Yeshua at the second coming, at the end of the tribulation. So the period of time is fascinating, it's very long. It began at 605 BC, some take it to be at 586 BC, since the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, but it runs through all the way to the end of the tribulation, to the second coming of the Messiah, who will return from heaven, as we do read in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, concerning the second coming of the Messiah. We read in chapter 19 of Revelation, and verse 11, And I saw heavens open. A little bit later, in verse 16, we do read, And he has his, on his vesture and on his thigh the name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Melech ve'adon ha'adonim. This is the Messiah who would come at his second coming, and he will ultimately bring an end to the times of the Gentiles. In fact, in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7, we read, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kinders of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so. Amen. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, in this second chapter, we would learn that this monarch by the name of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, will be the first one to begin God's program of the times of the Gentiles, especially in relationship to the people of Israel, to the Jewish people. Within that time of the Gentiles, which began at 605 B.C., and will end at the end of the tribulation period, we also have the church age in which you and I live in today, which began some 2,000 years ago in Acts chapter 2, and will come to an end at the rapture of the church. And after the church, the heavenly company will be raptured, then there will be these seven years of tribulation period, during which time God will use these Days of trouble to refine Israel, to refine the Jewish people, to judge this world and to restore Israel to himself and establish the promised thousand years reign of the Messianic kingdom when the Lord Jesus will reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. Now I want to point out that in this second chapter of Daniel, when King Nebuchadnezzar who dreamt many dreams, this chapter is really presented before us in such a fashion. In verses one to sixteen we have the dream that King Nebuchadnezzar dreamt, which he wanted to know so badly and he was so concerned about knowing that dream. In verses seventeen to thirty five we have the prayer of Daniel and chananiah azariah and mishael to the god of israel to the god of heaven where they will receive the revelation from god concerning the dream that nebuchadnezzar have dreamt and then we have in verses 36 to the end of the chapter to verse 49 the interpretation of the dream of the image which daniel by the word of the lord present before king nebuchadnezzar and so we read beloved brothers and sisters in verse 1 that nebuchadnezzar in the second years of his reign he dreamt dreams but you notice what happened two things happened to him it says his spirit was troubled in verse 1 and his sleep broke from him so nebuchadnezzar while he dreamt many dreams his spirit, because of a specific dream that was a unique dream that kept him loose, his sleep and his spirit was troubled, that uh, here God is speaking to Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, he caused him to be overwhelmed because of the dream which he dreamed. How do we know? that Nebuchadnezzar was so concerned particularly with one single dream, we see this in the next verses that are following verse 1 of chapter 2. You notice that in verses 2 and verse 3 of Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar calls all the wise men of Babylon to come before him. We read in verse 2, and the king commanded to call the magicians, the astrologers, and the sorcerers, and the caladines, for to show the king his dream. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Notice this, beloved brothers and sisters, that The king was so overwhelmed, his spirit was troubled, he couldn't sleep at night. So what does he do? He's calling all, all not as the, the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Canadiens, for to show him the dreams. So they came and they stood before the king. Who are these wise men of Babylon. Notice the magicians in Hebrew, the word Khartoumim, they were the ones that were the engravers. They were the one that wrote things in books. All these things that the kings have dreamed, and all these wise counsel of the Babylonian. they were the ones that wrote it in books. They are called Khartoumim in Hebrew, magicians in the English. Then the astrologers, these are the Hebrew word is Ashafim. They are the one that are called in other translation the enchanters. They will be able to enchant uh, something in order to give some information to those who request from them, especially to the kings that will request uh, from them counsel and wisdom. Then we have the sorcerers in verse two. These are the ones that will use witchcraft. In Hebrew they are called Mechashefin, the similar kind of those are mentioned in Exodus 7 and verse 11. They are the ones that are called sorcerers, like it was in the day of Joseph in the land of Egypt. So it is now later on in Israel's history, when the Jewish people are now taken to the land of Babel, there in the in Babylon. And finally, we have the Chaldeans. Notice the Chaldeans in Hebrew it's called Kasdim. And the Kasdim were really wise men who were living there in Babel. They are not so much coming from all over the nations of the world. They are not so much wise men that come all over the nations of the world. They are the ones that are more local wise men of Babylon. It is very interesting because the word Kaladins also mentioned in verse 4 of chapter 1. Uh, these wise men are connected with, really, with tongue, the language of the Chaldeans, as we read it in chapter 1 of verse 4. They took the children of Judah, in whom there was no blemish, they were well favored, they were skilled in all wisdom, and they were in cunning and knowledge and understanding science, and such, listen, that had the ability in them to stand in a king's palace, and notice what they sought to teach the Jewish boys, whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Kaladins. And that word is simply means the Babylonian, the Aramaic language. And so there was the language of the Aramites, there was the tongues, the books of the Aramaic, and we do see that in Daniel, Daniel himself learned the Aramaic language, the Kaladins, or the the language of the Kasdim, he learned it very well because much of the book of Daniel was written in the Aramaic language. So King Nebuchadnezzar, who was so troubled, who was so concerned with the One single dream that he dreamt, even though he was dreaming many dreams, he called the wise men of Babylon to come to him, and notice what the king is saying unto them in verse 3. I have dreamed, notice, a dream, one single one. And my spirit was troubled to know their dream. So Nebuchadnezzar really wanted to know this specific dream. And beloved brothers and sisters, and my dear friend, it seems to be as God himself, by his spirit, impressed upon King Nebuchadnezzar to know that one particular dream, and as I mentioned earlier, this particular dream is the dream that gives to Nebuchadnezzar and to all the world today, God's program for the times of the Gentiles. Nebuchadnezzar will become that monarch that God was, you might say, beginning with him, his program, he was a representative that will begin the times of the Gentiles. It will begin the Gentile world power that will begin with the Babylonian then middle Persian then Grecians and then Romans and the revived Roman Empire and ultimately destruction of the Gentile empire and then the Messiah Jesus will be the one that will rule over all the kingdoms of the universe, so this is what we learn here in the beginning of the second chapter of Daniel. No wonder Nebuchadnezzar, his spirit was troubled. No wonder he could not sleep. No wonder he is calling the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, the Chaldeans. No wonder he demands from them, I have dreamed a dream. And my spirit was troubled to know the dream. And you notice in the Hebrew language, it says, uh, The dream. He wanted to know this particular dream. And so now notice how interesting this second chapter uh, continued to present before us this Dream. In fact, if we just for a moment uh, jump to verse 31, and you notice what we read in verse 31, where Daniel specifically will give Nebuchadnezzar later on the answer concerning that dream. It says in verse 31 of Daniel chapter 2, Thou, O king, sowest, and behold a great image a great image, and see that's the dream that Nebuchadnezzar wanted to know, well now notice, after calling all the wise men of Babylon, and then demanding from them to tell him their dream, because he was very troubled, he wanted to know the dream, notice what the wise men of Babylon said to him in verse 4, the response of the wise men is simply this. Then spake the Chaldeans to the king. And notice in Syriac or in Aramit, as it says in the Hebrew language or Kasdim in Hebrew. In other words, the Aramaic language. And you notice now these wise men of Babylon began to speak to the king in the Aramaic language, in the Kasdit language. Now from here on, from Daniel 2 verse 4b, all the way to the end of Daniel chapter 7, this is Daniel 7 and verse 28, this whole portion of the book of Daniel is written in the Aramaic language. The Aramaic language is very similar to the Hebrew language, even though there are differences. The letters are the same. The vowels are very much the same. But yet there is a similarity, and yes, it's a different language. And that Aramid oftentimes is used even in the Hebrew scripture from time to time. For example, if you remember in the book of Psalm, where we read, kiss the sun." You remember in Psalm chapter 2 and verse 12, where it says, kiss the sun, lest he be angry, when the psalmist is appealing to the world and to the nation of Israel. The word son is in Aramaic, bar. Nashku bar, kiss the son. From time to time, you will notice in the Hebrew scripture, there are certain passages that are given to us in the Aramaic language. For example, some of the book of Ezra was written in Aramaic. But specifically here in this chapter 2 verses 4b to the end of chapter 7, we have the whole text is given to us in Aramaic language, of course translated into the English in the King James in our case and in other translation to other languages but the daniel by the divine design have written this in the aramaic language and some might ask why and the reason is simply this because in chapter 2 3 4 5 6 and 7 the subject is really dealing with the times of the gentiles in relationship to the gentile world to the Goim. While in the following chapters 8, 9, 10, 11 and 12 all the way to the end of the book of Daniel it deal more specifically in relationship to the Jewish people. And so it is going back from Hebrew to Aramit and from Aramid back to Hebrew until the book of Daniel is concluding. And so notice what the wise men of Babylon are saying to King Nebuchadnezzar. Verse 4b. O king, live forever. Tell thy servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation. So, what did they say to King Nebuchadnezzar? You tell us what you have dreamt, and we in response will tell you what it means. Now, notice they begin with the word, O king, live forever. This is an expression that is found specifically in this book of Daniel. Later on in chapter 3 and verse 9, it is found again, where we read, O king, live forever. Then in chapter 5 and so on, it is mentioned again and again, O king, live forever. Chapter 5 and verse 10. Chapter 6 and verse 6. Chapter 6 and verse 21, in fact, it is also mentioned in the days of Nehemiah by the people of Israel, where this expression is mentioned, Hamelech That is an expression that specifically is mentioned in the books when the Jewish people were in exile, away from the land of Israel. They said to the king, O king, live forever. And they ask him to tell their servants the dream, and we will show thee their interpretation. Now, it is interesting because the king wanted to know the dream itself. But the wise men of Babylon, as it was usual for them, is they hear dreams what the kings would give them, and they in response will give some sort of interpretation to the dream. And they will give the assumption as if they are the ones that are occupied with uh, witchcraft, they know things uh, with astrology, and they are able to give an answer to all the dreams that one might tell them, and they will be able to give the answer. But at this particular point, beloved brothers and sisters, King Lebuchadnezzar, did not want only to hear the interpretation. He wanted to see that the wise men of Babylon truly know what he had dreamed. And so we read in verses 5 all the way to verse 9, we read Nebuchadnezzar's demand to know both, not only the interpretation of the dream, but he want to know, number one, the dream, and then number two, the interpretation of the dream. So in verse 5, the first part of this verse, Nebuchadnezzar respond, And you notice what we read. It's not so clear here in the verse, in the King James, it says, And the king answered and said to the Kaladins, The dream is gone from me. Really, it should be said, the command is gone forth from me. He said, the thing is gone from me, but it's more... Correct, if you read some other translation, and most Bible teachers believe that it actually say, the command is gone forth from me. In other words, the command for you to tell me the dream, you wise men of Babylon, the command is gone from me, I know the dream, but my command to you is that you will tell me the dream itself, and then you can tell me the interpretation. In other words, King Nebuchadnezzar knew very well that they perhaps were trying to find a way whereby they will avoid to tell the king the dream, because they did not know what he dreamed, And they were avoiding to tell him the dream, and that's why they said to him, O king, live forever, tell thy servant the dream, and we will show you the interpretation. But king Nebuchadnezzar said to them, The command is gone forth from me, if ye will not make known unto me the dream with the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces, and your houses shall be made Can you imagine, beloved brothers and sisters, in those days when a king, when a monarch spoke a word, he could do as he pleases. He was the king of Babylon. The then known world, he was ruling over this world. He was a monarch. He will the one. He will be the one that will begin the four empires who will rule during the times of the Gentile. He had authority. The kingdom was handed over to him. The kingdom of this world. And so he said to the wise men of Babylon, "If you will not make known unto me the dream with the interpretation thereof, notice number one, ye shall be cut in pieces." And number two, your houses shall be made a dunghill. Terrible, terrible, terrible judgment that will fall upon the wise men of Babylon. And so, when they heard this, the wise men responded, as they have asked earlier, they said to him in verse 7, they answered and said, let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation of it. they going back to what they have said earlier in verse 4. Tell us the dream. And we will show you their interpretation. Now, of course, beloved brothers and sisters, they did not know what he dreamed. And if they received the dream from the king, they would make up something in order to appease the king. But he was so concerned, remember... That we have already read in verse 1 that his spirit was so troubled that he lost his sleep. He was so troubled with this dream which really represented the four empires who will rule for the times of the Gentiles. And he wanted to know the dream itself and its interpretation. And he demanded this from the wise men of Babylon. So we read in verses 8 and 9, again, the king is now, he knew very, very well the wise men of Babylon. They were not so wise after all. He said to them, notice that, in verse 8 and 9, the king answered and said, I know of certainty that you would gain the time. Because you see the thing is gone from me. In other words, because you know that a command is gone forth from me for you to tell me the dream. I am insisting. But if you will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you. For ye have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me till the time be changed. Therefore tell me the dream, and I shall know that ye can show me the interpretation thereof. Amazing, beloved friend. you see what happened in this Babylonian kingdom and the wise men of this world? Wise men of this world do not have the wisdom of God. The wise men of this world do not know the things, the plan, the programs of God. The wise men of this world do not have the mind of the Lord. It is fascinating that only the one that is divine, only God can show such a thing to mankind. In fact, the wise men of Babylon were idol worshippers. They were idol worshippers. And when one follow after idol worshippers, they will come to naught at the end. There is a verse that is found in Isaiah chapter 41, where the Lord spoke to our people of all, the people of Israel. And He said to them, notice then, He is speaking about the idols that could not bring any good, all this astrology and all this witchcraft, which could never help anyone. God said to Jacob, to Israel, doing these Days in which he was preparing them for the day in which he will send them to Babylon. Because Israel failed the Lord. But yet he promised them that he will restore them. Notice what we read in verse 21 of Isaiah chapter 41. Produce your cause. He's speaking to the idols. That Israel, when they left him and they followed after them... God is showing to Israel that the idols could not avail. He says to them, Produce your cause, you idols, says the Lord. Bring forth your strong reasons, says the King of Jacob, Melech Yaakov. Let them, these are the idols, bring them forth and show us what shall happen. Let them show the former things, this is the past, what they be that we may consider them and know the latter end of them or declare us things for to come. God is challenging the idols and those wise men of this Babylon who really, really did not know the past, nor the present, nor the future. In fact, in verse 24 we read, Behold, ye are of nothing. This is Isaiah 41:24, And your works are not an abomination, is he that chooses you. See, God wanted Israel to follow him, and not to follow after idols. And the reason that the people of Judah are now including Daniel and Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, the reason that they are in Babylon is because Israel had failed the Lord, and they were under the discipline of God by bringing the king of Babylon to take them down to Babylon. And there, here's the wise men of Babylon: their magicians, their astrologers, their sorcerers, their Kaladines. They could not give an answer to King Nebuchadnezzar. And so as we read in verse 8 and 9, the king answered and said, I know, he knew very well of certainty that you would gain time. You're only wanting time in order to find a way out of this request of mine. Because you see that the command is gone forth from me. My command is, tell me the dream, verse 5. Tell me the dream. And so, in verse 9, if ye will not make known unto me the dream, notice again, it's a one singular dream. Ha-chalom. If you're not going to tell me the dream, there is but one decree for you. Why? Because for ye have prepared a lying, corrupt words to speak before me until the time be changed, Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that ye can show me the interpretation thereof. In other words, beloved brothers and sisters, King Nebuchadnezzar was not foolish. He was not foolish. He knew very well the so-called wise men of Babylon. He knew very well that they really want to gain time, verse 8. Because they saw that the command went from the king that he demanded from them to know the dream. He knew very well his so-called wise men because they had prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before the king. And they were planning to wait for the time until he will no longer request it from them. And so he demanding one more time at the end of verse 9, Tell me the dream, and I shall know that ye can show me the interpretation thereof. And So, beloved brothers and sisters, you can see how important it was from the king to know that dream that representing these four empires that will rule during the times of the Gentiles, which will culminate with the coming of the Messiah, and will destroy the kingdoms and the rulers of this world, and restore the kingdom to himself, restoring the people of Israel back to where he called them to be. And so now, as we continue in verses 10 13, Nebuchadnezzar denies the final requests of the wise men of Babylon. We do read in verse 10 that the Caladines answered to the king again. And you notice what the wise men of Babylon said to the king after he demanded from them. They said to him, the Kaladins answered before the king and said to him, there is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there is no king, lord, nor ruler that asks such things at any magician or astrologer or Kaladin. You see, they knew very well that normally speaking, there is not a man upon the face of this earth that can show the king's matter. How do one can show somebody else's dream unless God would reveal this to him? So they said not only that there is not a man upon the face of this earth that can show the king's matter, but there is not even a king like yourself, Nebuchadnezzar, or any lord or any ruler that asks such a thing from his own wise men, they will never, no ruler will ask such a thing, they are saying to King Nebuchadnezzar, and so they continue, and we read in verse 11, the wise men admitted, that there is only one, who can provide an answer, uh, to the king's request, and it is a rare thing, that a king requires, and there is none other, that can show it before the king, except listen to this, except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. Now you notice that the Aramit here is Alahin, it simply means God. Now of course they are using the word the gods, the Elohim, in Hebrew it's Elohim, in Aramit it's Allahin. it simply means for one of the gods, as far as they were concerned, they did not believe in the true and living God, but they did have some sense that there is Someone who is above them that only he is the one that can show and reveal the king his dream. Now that reminds us of what the Apostle Paul told the Roman believers in Romans chapter 1 concerning the, the world in which we live in and uh, concerning the fact that even though the world knows God, at least they know that there is a creator God, As we read in Romans one verse twenty one, because when they knew God, he's speaking about all the human race and the nations of the world. Because when they knew God, what they knew they didn't know Him experientially in a sense of being saved. They knew that they the Creator. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The sun, the moon, the stars declare God is a Creator. So because they knew not God and they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful. But they became vain in their imagination. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible men and to birds and to four-footed beasts and to creeping things. Wherefore God also have gave them up unto uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves and so on. And Apostle Paul is explaining to the Roman believers that men have a conscience and a conscience reveal the fact that there is a living God that they are accountable to. And also men see the creation. And the creation revealed to men that there is a living God to whom they are accountable. And so these wise men of Babylon said to Nebuchadnezzar, It is a rare thing that a king requires. And there is none other that can show it before the king except the gods. Alahin in the Aramit, Elohim in the Hebrew. In other words, it's a plurality. As far as they were concerned, they are the gods. They didn't acknowledge the one and true living God. That's why they were engravers, enchanters, using witchcraft. They, were, they had a human wisdom of this world, but not divine wisdom. And by doing so, they rejected the true and living God. And so they said to Nebuchadnezzar, There is no one that is able to show the king what he requests, except the gods whose dwelling notice is not with flesh. is not with flesh. And so, It says in the next verse, the king was angry and very furious, and he commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. The king was so angry with these wise men who was looking to gain time, they were looking for the... A way in which the king will tell the dream to them and they will come with some sort of a of their own idea to give the interpretation in order that the king will believe their own interpretation. But the king said, I know you. I know very well what you are planning to do. I know that you are looking for the time to pass by so you will be able to have me forget to mention this to you, so you will not have to give an answer. Or that you want me to tell you the dream, and you will come up with a, your own answer. And beloved, brothers and sisters, and dear friend, the Spirit of God pressed upon Nebuchadnezzar, not allowing him to sleep, not allowing him to be without troubled spirits, so, and causing him to demand the command is gone forth from me that you will tell me the dream and then I will know that you can tell me the interpretation. In other words, I know the dream but I want you to tell me the dream. That's how I will know that you will be able to tell me the interpretation. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, how wonderful to see that God is working! He is working in the, in the life of even King Nebuchadnezzar, and He is beginning to use here Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael in the midst of the Babel, Babylon, there away from their homeland. Yet these boys were there, led by God, and was used by Him in order to be able to produce. For King Nebuchadnezzar the answer that he needed to show him that there is a plan, there is a program that God has during the times of the Gentiles in which King Nebuchadnezzar will be the first of the four empires who will rule during the times of the Gentiles. We will get to it as we will continue with our study together of the book of daniel so as we read here beloved brothers and sisters in verse 13 we read the decree went forth in verse 12 and 13 that the king was very angry he commanded uh, to destroy the wise men of babylon and the decree went forth verse 13 that the wise men should be slain can you imagine they began to hunt all the wise men of Babylon, the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, the Caladines, they begin to hunt for them. And as we read in verse 13, and they also, notice, they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. You see, by that time, beloved brothers and sisters, Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, they were part and considered to be part of these, you might say, these group, the wise men of Babylon. And they were sought after in order to be slain, just as they sought after the magician, astrologers, sorcerers, and Caladines, these from the nations of the world. And so, in these final verses for this ministry, verses 14, 15, and 16, we find out what Daniel have done. And so, as they were seeking to slay Daniel and Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, then Daniel now, in verses 14, 15, and 16, he first of all is speaking with Arioch. He was the captain of the king's guard. This captain of the king's guard, he was responsible to go around and to find out all these wise men of Babylon and to slay them. So, Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom. Already you notice that Daniel knew how to speak. When to speak. The way to speak. Counsel and wisdom. Counsel and wisdom. This was beautiful. He spoke to Aryoch. Aryoch was the captain of the king's guard which was God forced to slay the wise men of Babylon, so Daniel is approaching him. Apparently, beloved brothers and sisters, that Daniel was well respected already, remember, three years have passed by, him, Daniel, and the three boys, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, were found ten times better than all the wise men of Babylon, when they have only ate seeds and drank water, After the three years, their appearance was greater, ten times better than the others. And when they stood before the king, the king saw that they were so wise. If you remember, when they stood before the king, it does say that in all matter of wisdom and understanding, that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians. And the astrologers in his realm. And so what we learned that. Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah and Mishael. Were appreciated by the king. And yet because no one gave him the answer. All are going to be slain. And so listen. Beloved brothers and sisters. Daniel does wisely. He's approaching Arioch in verse 14. And he's asking him. What is going on? Why? What's happened? And then it says in verse 15, And Daniel said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree so hasty from the king? Why is it? And in the same verse 15, Arioch made the thing known unto Daniel. He said to Daniel, Daniel, look, the king dreamt a dream. He wanted to know the dream. He called all the wise men. Maybe some representative came of all the wise men of Babylon. Not everyone approached the king. There were representatives or leaders who came. And from there on, he requested to know the dream. They could not tell him the dream. And therefore, the king was angry. And he said, I will destroy you all. There is one thing remain for you, and this is to destroy you all. Ye shall be cut in pieces, your houses shall be made a dunghill, and lo and behold, the time began for the wise men of Babylon to be, as it says here in verse 5, to be cut in pieces, their homes to be made a dunghill, and the command gone forth, and Aryoch began to do so until Daniel came and approached him and asked him, why is the decree he so hasty from the king? And Arioch made the thing known unto Daniel. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, what Daniel does? Daniel went in and he desired of the king. He went directly to the king Nebuchadnezzar. And he desired of king Nebuchadnezzar that he would give him time. And that he would show the king the interpretation that meaning of course he will show the king the dream as well as the interpretation so daniel in his wisdom going directly to the captain of the king's guard and from him directly an appointment with the king he's going to the king and he's asking from the king to give him the time that he will Come with an answer, with the dream and the interpretation. Well, remind you, beloved brothers and sisters, that Daniel was gifted by God. Again, chapter 1 and verse 17. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Daniel knew that he can bring an answer, but he will give him an answer that will come from the God of Israel, who is in the book of Daniel called the God of Heavens. Elohei Hashamayim. And so we do read here that he made that request from the king, and apparently the king gave him this time and from here on, as we will continue in our next ministry meeting, we will deal with the second part of Daniel chapter 2, verses 17 to 35. We will see how Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael are turning to God in prayer and how God revealed to them the dream that King Nebuchadnezzar have dreamt. Well, beloved brothers and sisters, what a lesson to learn from this man, Daniel, and his friends, and how wonderful to be those that serving our God, serving our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah here in this world. May He give us the grace and the wisdom to learn from someone like Daniel in our life as we follow at the Lord Jesus the Messiah well God bless you and we say until the next time Shalom Shalom
0: you have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.